You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 20 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I'm so excited to bring you my conversation with my friend, Danny Riley. She and I met in my Bible study um, maybe about a year ago now, and shortly after we met, she ended up moving to LA, and it's just a crazy story about God working in her life, and as I've continued to get to know her more, That is her whole testimony of just following God wherever He leads um, and just discerning the Holy Spirit along the way. And so I'm so excited to have her here to share more about her story. So Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jez. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited. We finally made it happen and you're out in LA now. So as we um, begin, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and how you came to know the Lord. Okay, so when people ask this question, and of course I've been asked before as a Christian, (laughs) um, how did you come to know the Lord? I always say, um, at first I loved my bottle, then I loved my mom, and then I loved my God. Hmm. And that is truly how I recall it. Um, I remember loving God in the way that I loved my mother very young. Um, so when I was little, I, I did, and there's recordings of this that I used to scream, oh, I want my Baba, I want my Baba, like all chant all through the night. <laughs> and then I was just one of those kids that was just obsessed with their mom. Like, I mean, I would cry if she ever tried to leave me. I wanted to go everywhere with her. I would kick and scream if she wouldn't take me places with her. And then I thank God, you know, I'm sure my mom is thanking God too for him. <laughs> for God. <laughs> because then all of that, that fervor of love and like just wanting, you know, somebody so close was channeled when I met God. It was like, oh, well, this is who all this is for. (laughs) You know, Mm. this is who I can be completely like myself with and who I can talk to when I'm sad. So even when I was a child, I didn't have like imaginary friends. I prayed. (laughs) Wow. You know, if there was something at school I was nervous about, I prayed. If there was something going on with friendships or at home, I prayed and I really, you know, give an ode to my mother for introducing me to prayer. Mm. You know, we would get together and pray and she would tell us to pray. And it seemed like, you know, kind of a small thing when you're growing up, but it is the basis of my life and my foundation and my relationship with Christ. Wow. And yeah, being rooted in prayer from such a young age. I'm sure you've seen God answer some prayers in crazy ways. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So as you continue to grow with Him and become an adult, do any of those instances come to mind? Oh, yeah. I think um, probably in my more mature age, um, the first instance that sticks out is when I had my son. Mm. Um, I was a young mom, and I was told that he was going to be premature. And I didn't quite understand like exactly what it meant, um, truly. Um, And I had already prayed to God about having him. 
Um, and, you know, I wanted to do the right thing and it was my decision, my consequence. And so I was like, okay, God, you know, if you give me this child, just help me to raise him. Hmm. And, um, so when, you know, all this conversation went around about him being premature and possibly, um, not making it because he's very premature. He was born at 28 weeks. Oh, wow. He was two pounds, six ounces when he was born. He was really, really tiny. (laughs) And uh, I didn't know babies could come that small. (laughs) I had no clue. But I remember what I told God, that if he gave me this child, you know, I would give him back to God. And so I just remember when he was born, the first thing I had to do was just pray over him. Hmm. And so there he was in this incubator. And I said, God, okay, you you did your part and I'm going to do mine now. I'm going to give him back to you. And... Ever since that day, if there was ever any mention about like, you know, um, you know, his lungs being undeveloped or him being very small and there was a chance he would make it, it never occurred to me that he wouldn't because I had given this child to God and all my faith was in him and he could do anything, you know, including make this little bitty baby, you know, a big, strong man. And I can just share with everyone now, he is 21 years old. (laughs) I don't know if you've met him, Jess, but he is a big guy. I haven't. He doesn't look a day of two pounds and six, you know, ounces Ever. And um, and so sometimes I just look at him and just having him and seeing him and remembering how very small he was and where God, mm. you know, took him through and being able to be his mom. It's just like that's like, you know, one of the wonders of God and his blessing just being shown to me every day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in that story. Like, first of all, what you just said about like remembering how small he was and how big he is now. I feel like that's for someone out there that they're dealing with something in their life that seems so small and they want it to grow so badly. And it's not necessarily a baby, but just like mm-hmm. a dream or a hope. And it seems like it's just like an ounce. But I feel like God wants you to keep moving forward and keep trusting Him and and you know growing in faith because mm-hmm. he's going to do something big with it. He's, yeah. he's going to be a big six foot two man one day. <laughs> exactly. And I, always I mean, you get the metaphor. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Ladies, you know, maybe yeah. I think, yeah, some of our, my listeners probably are praying for a six, two man. Okay. So, you know, maybe they're praying for their daughter, you know, to find a husband. I just gave my profile here of my son. <laughs> <laughs> Granddaughters. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then the other thing that stood out in the beginning of that story, you know, you mentioned that like this was your consequence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you shared that you came to faith so young. And I also wonder if you could speak toward like just the Christian walk and how we we don't get it right all the time. And yeah. And that doesn't mean we're perfect. Because I feel like maybe there's somebody out there who has walked with God for a really long time, but is struggling with shame because of something they've done. So I wonder if you have any truth to like shine some light into this. I I don't know what my question is exactly, but. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, So, you know, here I was, this, this girl, young lady who knew God from the from as far back as I could remember. And I still found myself in a situation where I was having a child very young Mm -hmm. and I was not married, (laughs) you know? And, um, 
the only thing that I knew because my relationship, even at that point was so natural with God. Again, I have been praying um, so young that anything, if it was good or bad, I was almost ignorant. I just always brung it to God. And so I tell people that now, like, just, just bring it to him. Be plain with God. It's not like he doesn't already know, (laughs) you know, he knows how it's going to end too, you know, (laughs) but just like giving the things that we really hope for the things that we're really afraid of, um, to God, you know, and, um, that has been a testament over and over in my life. That theme has never gone away to just whatever the situation is, even if it's something that you feel like you did wrong or shame, just give it to God. Mm. Let him be God. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I know we go to church and we pray and we, we listen to things to like encourage us. But I always have to tell myself and I encourage other people to to leave a space in your life and every day for God to just be God to you. Mm. You know, and that's not praying. That's not reading your Bible. It's just letting him be the personhood of God to you, very natural and, you know, normal to you. And like um, we do. And, you know, of course, I had a lot of, um, you know, questions and like kind of pressure from my family being pregnant, you know, at such a young age. And I had done really well in school and excelled in a lot of areas very young in my life. So this was like to everyone else around me, oh my God, we don't know what's going to happen with her next. Yeah. And, um, but I don't, it was, I think even then that moment was a testament to them because they didn't even know, you know, that I could, I could do it or, you know, but it was, I never said that I could do it. I just knew I just, you know, gave it to God. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just believed everything would be, you know, what he intended. And, you know, I, I never had a fear about being a bad parent or I never owned this shame that's given to a lot of young girls who become mothers at a young age mm. or mothers at a certain age and you're not married. I didn't carry that shame because I, I truly gave it to God. And so that would be my encouragement is just to just whatever it is. If it's something that happened to you, maybe something that you've done. You know, we live in a world where there is um, consequences for the things that we do. But consequence isn't necessarily a doom and gloom. It's not all over. It's not the end. It's not always a bad thing. Um, I think the way that I've grown in my relationship with God has helped me a lot by being a mother because he's our heavenly father. And so I get to see some of the parallels in my parenting and how God loves me as my father. Mm. And it becomes like that much more beautiful to have been selected to be a parent, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and even though it happened at such a young age, it's developed me so much as a, as a young lady. And it's kept me from doing a lot of things that I probably would have done, <laughs> you know, or not done. Yeah. So, um, you know, certain pieces like life and death, I, I definitely know that it's in God's hands and we just can't control it. And mm. um, to a certain degree, you know, and if, if it happens when it happens, don't carry any sort of shame. Just truly give it all of it to God because he wants it all. He wants our cares. He cares for us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that and just being so transparent because I feel like somebody out there really needed that. And mm-hmm. so very uh, good. And I, you know what, to be honest with you, Jess, I never talk about um, being a young mom. I don't talk about a lot of things. Um, <laughs> But if you talk about God, like I usually just like pour like a fat, 
But um, it's not something that I talk about often and people don't even realize, like sometimes I'll meet people and, you know, if it, the subject never comes up, they don't even know I'm a parent. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't know that for a while <laughs> after I first um, met you. Yeah. So I'm like, well, clearly I'm not giving off my good mom juice vibes. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a testament of really the beginning of my young adult life and my faith, mm. you know? So, um and I think about many times that I've, I've thought about walking away or, you know, feeling uncool or feeling like, you know, maybe this is all not real. And God just showing me over and over that. Nah, <laughs> that's not true. He's like, no, no baby, you stick with me. He gave me. He's still saying <laughs> I'm still real. He's still here. And I'm just like, nah, not God is real for real. I believe he's real. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. So we met in Charlotte, but I know you're originally from Chicago. Yes. And then Charlotte, now you're in LA. So mm-hmm. can you share with us a little bit about like that, your life transitions and kind of how you ended up in Charlotte and now LA or? Um, yeah. I mean, it's really just um, in, a, in a very overarching way, a, a response to what God was calling me to. Um, and it's been good. When I first moved to Charlotte, it was a space that I needed to be in. I needed something fresh. Um, I needed something new, but I also had a certain level of comfort that I would not have moved away from um, unless God had drawn me from that space. Mm. So he had something more for me in Charlotte. So when I first moved to Charlotte, everyone would say, well, why'd you move to Charlotte? And I would just point up, yeah. my God. <laughs> I believe in giving credit where credit is due. And I know if it was on my own devices, I would have said, well, you know, Danny, this is going to be a lot of money. You're moving with kids. Like, you know, it's, it's a big thing. It's going to change your life. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. And God was like, no, it's time for you to go. Hmm. Um, and so that's essentially what happened. Um, and I was in Charlotte and then, um, last year, I had this same uh, shift happen in my life where um, I was kind of burnt out from Charlotte and God was like, OK. And I asked God, can I can I go I'm up to California, <laughs> can I go to L.A.? <laughs> and um, um, of course, I, I want his clearance, you know, and um, I felt really good about it in my spirit. I felt like God had given me. Well, now I know because I'm here, but God had given me the green light. Um, and then I just started working towards it. And so, um, honestly, it seemed like when I think about it, cause it still feels very recent. I've been in LA for about four months. Um, it's like, I, I, we talked about it and then it like, you know, I was kind of working towards it and it was kind of working out then it was kind of not working out. Then it happened. And then I was here and I was like, but this was something we talked about, like, <laughs> you know, a year ago, God, like, wow, it's already here. Um, I didn't get as far as what I was going to do or what you were going to do with me when I got here. <laughs> I just wanted to get here. <laughs> so yeah. now it's like, I'm in that space. Okay, God, you know, now I'm kind of afraid that since he, I am, he allowed me to be here, that he's definitely got something up his sleeve <laughs> and, um, you know, a little anxious always about, you know, the call of God, but, um, knowing that, from my past history and even a move into Charlotte, obedience is the answer. <laughs> so I'm um, just praying for God to give me a righteous heart, you know, so that my steps are ordered by Him. Yeah. And how, you know, as you've made all these big life choices, 
Like, how, how do you start discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit? If someone, if someone's very new to that and hears you talking about, you know, I, you know, I got confirmation from the Lord or, you know, the Lord told me, how can someone start discerning that for themselves? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you, Jess. I think that's a very difficult question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll try to give you, you know, my best response. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think there are, are three things that you can do. Um, you have to know yourself, know the character of yourself, know the character of God, and know the character of the enemy. Because the devil, he does the same few tricks over and over again. He makes them look a little different. He does try to dress them up. But a lot of times he questions our identity. Mm. You know, he'll tell us that something that God told us is not true. He'll uh, manipulate the word of God. Um, And he always comes to us when it feels like, you know, we're kind of down or we're kind of low. Mm. Um, So he has a couple of things that he does like all the time. And I'm actually writing about that. Um, It's entitled like Know Your Enemy and knowing these these schemes of the devil, um, basically from stories in the Bible. Um, of the way that the devil is always coming at us. Um, just like when Jesus went to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, you know, he said, well, if you are the son of man, he was questioning his identity, right? Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, you know, or if you, if you jump off this bridge, nothing will, you know, the end of the mountain, nothing will happen to you. He's always like challenging our faith. Mm. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And he's always pulling at both ends of that statement. He's coming for our hope. And then he's also, um, you know, persuading us in things that we haven't seen yet. So, you know, God will give us a word and it's our job to hide it in our hearts, you know, and Mm -hmm. guard it like, you know, the most precious thing. But time will come. And if that word hasn't passed, most people will start to question that word. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, write it down. If God told you something, you felt like it was God clearly speaking to you, write it down, keep it somewhere. It's never going to change. (laughs) You know, and go back to it. If you feel like maybe it's not going to happen, no, 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 just go back to it, you know? Um, And so, um, and and know if it's you that suggested it or know that if it's God and God will always be consistent with his word. Mm. So we need to always be in the word to know what is coming from God and not from us because all of these voices, they sound similar, the enemy, us and God. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. if we know clearly the characteristics of our enemy. We know things about ourselves. Like I know me, I can convince myself of something that I don't do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then we know God and he never changes. He's the easy one. So if it's in his word and consistent with his character, it's not going to change. Yeah. Gonna, you know, it's not going to come back void. And there were times and even moving to L.A. that I wondered, like, well, was it just me? Was it just my own desire? I mean, I did pray and I did ask. Maybe I'm going about this thinking that God gave me clearance to something that only I wanted to do. And no, I was like, no, I know the voice of God, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know his word. And I know he was moving me from season to season. And I cried out to him. And that answer came to me very clearly that it was okay. And he provided. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, it wasn't me. Let me not think that it's all about me. You know, woe is me. And just remember what God said to me. Yeah. And, you know, and the enemy challenged me too in those things. I opened the door 
for doubt and the enemy flooded in like, no way, nope, you don't need to be doing that. That's too much for you. That's that's not right. You know, you're being selfish. And um, but I knew, nah, that's not even me. I'm not selfish. So the devil couldn't tempt me of words that didn't belong to me mm. and they didn't belong to God. So I'm like, oh, that's him. This is me. And then this is God. So um, that's my short answer. <laughs> um, that is brilliant. Like I've never heard it described so clearly that way. And and I love that. And I also love it because it leads into my next question just perfectly of what do you love about the character of God? Oh God, what I don't love. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> Simply said, I love that God does not change, mm-hmm. that he cannot change his mind. Um, me personally, I can change my mind within like 0.0002 seconds. It's like, oh, I want to go to the beach. No, I don't. I want to sit here and just read. Oh, nope. I want to watch YouTube. Oh, nope. I need to do work. Oh, nope. Like, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of people, we're not all ADHD. Like we are kind of short attention spans mm-hmm. based on media, you know? So, um, but the fact that God never changes his mind, he can't. Yeah. You know, and he he can't lie. There's just things that he can't do and we can do. And I hate the things that I have the ability to do, but God doesn't have the ability to do those things. So I love him for not being able to do them because I do them all the time. Yes. <laughs> so, that's exactly how it goes for me. I just love that, you know, God doesn't change and he doesn't change his mind and he doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. And And to me, that makes him a solid rock, you yeah. know? People will change, you know, and or, you know, mature or circumstances will change. But if I know, for instance, that God will always provide, um, I have something to hope and, you know, to believe towards something about God that I can hold on to because things will happen in life. We can't avoid it, you know, Mm -hmm. but he will remain the same. And that is like a comfort and a solid rock to me that, and I love that about God. I love yeah. it. That's just one of the things. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially our world is also feels like it's constantly changing and turmoil and this one thing after another. So knowing we have that place of safety and security. Absolutely. There's so much comfort in that. Mm-hmm. And you can just rest in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Learning how to rest is another subject. (laughs) Learning how to rest in God is another subject. Um, But if I may say, I also, this is like a really close runner up, but I love that God um, has always used what we consider like these broken people. Mm. Like he knows our heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I always pray like, God, you know, just make my heart for you because the Bible tells us that the heart is, you know, most deceitful, who can know it, you know, and we can't be drawn away by our own desires. And that's why it's really important to know your own characteristics apart from God's because the the things that we love, we think maybe they come, you know, directly from God or that it's him speaking and it could just be our own desires. Yeah. Um, But I love that he uses... um, Broken people, you know, like Moses left for a very long time. He still yeah. had back. And God didn't give his assignment away to someone else because he ran away. God was like, no, I called you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're the person designed for this job. You have everything that you need to fulfill this job. 
and I am with you. Mm, yeah, and, and oh, Moses and was Moses like, had killed somebody. Killed somebody. <laughs> you know, um, I used to teach Bible study for kids, and I used to always tell the kids that, and it's probably scares them. But I'm like, you know, you know, Moses killed a man. <laughs> you know, how many of you have seen Prince of Egypt? Like, so if God can get past you killing someone. It is not over for you. Okay? Yes. <laughs> Nothing we've done can disqualify us right. from being used by God. That's and right. that blows my mind that He would use us. And like, it's so good and gracious of Him mm-hmm. to not count us out because we've failed. I mean, that's the grace of God. Yeah. And it blows me and, away. And that goes back to your point earlier about, you know, feeling of shame. Just read your Bible. Just see how God used these people who who expressed outwardly that they felt some sort of shame. Um, You know, was it Paul? He had a thorn in his side that he could never get rid of, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and he he outwardly confessed that, um, but he went on to do great things for the kingdom of heaven, for God's name, you know? So, um, you know, it's not, it's not quite over. And if Jesus died for our sins, he has overcome sin. You know, we we can't overcome it because we are born into sin, but he's overcome it. And we have that confidence that, and I always say ask for forgiveness because that kind of gets skipped over. But I do believe in asking God for forgiveness and people for forgiveness where appropriate um, and forgiving. Mm. So um, never leaving that portion out. But God is, he's greater than all of it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, you mentioned, you know, you love that he's the provider. Mm-hmm. Do you have any stories, I mean, recently with your move to LA or even past stories of ways that he has shown up to provide and just ways that have blown you away? Oh God, I have so many. <laughs> um, and I can tell you, I got even more once I made my peace with the fact that he is a provider. Mm. Because again, I was ex- I'm expecting God to show up. Yeah. I made my peace with it. And so when things, you know, short things happen, you know, or money or people, sometimes I need people. God provides people. Yeah. Um, I, I remember coming to the Bible study at the time. It was like, you know, still somewhere in the pandemic or towards the end of it. And I spent a lot of the pandemic alone, which didn't bother me because I'm a loner anyway. Um, but um I was thinking like, maybe I need to be around people. I used to go physically to work and now I worked from home. Um, I used to go to the gym and then that became very complicated because you have to sign up and all of that for spaces because of COVID. And I didn't realize that I needed to just be around people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I was around you guys, you know, at the Bible study. And I was like, I need this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, you know forsake the fellowship of the saints. Like I need this, you know, and I didn't even realize how much I had kind of grown thirsty for just being in a group of people who love God and talking about him. Just Mm. like, to me, that's like sipping wine and having a good time, you know, Yeah, being able to sit amongst believers and talk and just ambassador in the love of God. Um, and so that's one way where I needed people. But God has shown up a lot for me. Um, when I first moved to Charlotte, I didn't bring a car with me. I didn't have a car. Um, and so 
Um, I thought like I could get around on the public transportation system in Charlotte, Ooh. but uh, it was not quite that easy. It's, it's <laughs> not the best. You it's can't not, get a lot of places. Yeah, it's gotten better. Off, like on the main, you know, street, <laughs> like yeah. in Chicago, there's so many big streets and you can get dropped off on a main road and maybe walk a block or two over. Um, so it took me a long time to get to work, which it didn't bother me. It was like, okay, well, I'm an able body, you know, something will happen. And I was saving money for uh, to buy like a used car. And there was a lady that I worked with and we found out that we went to the same church. Mm. And so she took a liking to me. Obviously we're both being Christians and she was a single mom and I'm a single mom and she had three boys and I had three children. And so, um, you know, we would talk quite a bit and she would offer me rides when she could at the end of the workday. And so she was actually leaving uh, the job we were at and going to a different job. And she said, you know, I just been thinking about you so much having to catch that bus after work, you know, and it just takes so much time. And um, I want to share something with you. And I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And she's like, you know, I told you about my father who was losing his sight. I'm like, yeah. She said, well, he wants to give you his car. Wow. Actually, let me back it up. It was actually, she prefaced it better than that. She said, I want, he wants to sell you his car. And I was like, okay. And, you know, I had told her I was looking for a car, how much money I had saved already, a couple of thousand. And she said, and he wants to sell it to you for a dollar. A dollar. And he wants you to take that dollar and put it into offering at church. I was like, what? Aww. So basically, yeah, he's giving me a car. And I was like, what? I cannot believe this. And this is another, this kind of ties into the point that I mentioned earlier to write it down. Because a while later, after I received the car, um, I looked in notes I used to write on the bus to myself for things that I had to do or something I was reading or thinking about. And there was a note I found that I had that I wrote one day and it said, car from God. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and here was this complete stranger yeah. that God run to me by way of their daughter at my job, <laughs> you know, yeah. to bring me a car. And I just love like th- that story. I just love being able to share that story for one. Yeah, I love that I got an opportunity to experience it. And I love that, like, there was space for God to do to make a move like that in our relationship. Yeah. I mean, like if you if you date somebody, but you never take them out, you know, like how real is the relationship? Yeah. You know, it was God's very real way of showing me, like, I do love you and I am your provider and I will always supply your needs. Mm-hmm. And from that day, I was like, God, I will not ever worry about another car again. Yeah. I won't think about, you know, I'll think about taking care of my responsibilities, but you're, I want to see you show me more moments like this in my life where, mm. where I, I just let you be God and be my provider and you just do it the way that you do it, bringing, you know, strangers from the corners of North Carolina. <laughs> to this old girl from Chicago coming here catching the bus I just I love that about God I love that if we leave that space he's got a story like that for all of us Mm. about something yeah and that's very special to us and he's very personal and intimate that way I love that (laughs) oh when you said car from God 
didn't even oh. know. I don't even remember writing it. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's how personal God is. He knows when I'm writing things that are on my mind or, you know, I, I was thinking about it a lot because I didn't like catching the bus. And above all that, it took such a long time. Yes. So, you know, it was like almost two hours before my shift and maybe two hours after my shift just to get home. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I made it work. I would meal prep for my kids and all of that. And they would warm the food up before I got home. But, you know, it was like I didn't like that time. Just, yeah. you know, and I was used to driving. I'll be honest. I had a car at home. So yeah. I was used to driving. But it was very humbling to come into this new space, have to get on a bus. And, uh, and letting God provide for me and not mm. feeling like, oh, I got to get this for myself or I need to just buy a car. I need to just, you know, get myself together and, you know, do whatever I got to do or take out a ridiculous loan that I would probably still be paying back today. Yeah. You know, it was just an opportunity for me to be humble and obedient for God to be who he is. And I love that story. I've got lots of stories like that, though, because <laughs> when you open that space for God to just be God and come in, like, you know, you're all, it's like a little kid waiting, like, you know, outside of school, like for their dad to come pick them up. You're like excited. You're waiting for him to, to show up and to show out. Mm. And um, he truly does. He truly does. Wow. Well, and I love that perspective. You kind of flip the the narrative where instead of being like frustrated or feeling stuck, it's like, no, I'm waiting in anticipation. I'm not waiting in frustration. I'm waiting with excitement to see what is God going to do because I'm on a limb and I can't do anything on my own. My resources (laughs) are tapped. So God, this one has to be you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a lifelong practice. Mm-hmm. It is a lifestyle. It is a walk. It is a discipline because there are still always times when I get frustrated about things. Yeah. Or, and um, <clears throat> even coming to LA, LA and moving here, I came several times and couldn't find a place to rent. <laughs> and the rent is, I sure not my go here. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, okay, folks, I mean, I'm willing to pay. So here I was at my own resources thinking like, okay, um, I have money, so I'll be able to find something. But it was more specifically what I was asking God for was like a safe space um, and enough space where I could always afford it. Those were my prayers. Mm. So just coming here and being able to just find something what's it going to be the answer to that prayer? Yeah. And I wasn't as familiar and I'm still not as familiar with the area. So where God has landed me now was where I was supposed to, where I'm supposed to be, you know? So, and, and our neighborhood is relatively safe and um, most people do say in LA that I got a pretty good bargain for my bus. So um, then that is a miracle. Then that's yeah, totally the so Lord. God too, you know, providing. And it's like, you know, you bring what you got and, and you know, you know, God will take my little, you know, oh, I got this much or I got this and he'll make, he'll multiply it. Yeah. You know, and he'll, he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. Mm. And so, but there are times that I do get frustrated about a lot of things and it's a discipline for me to constantly pray and give those things to God and refuse to pick them back up. Oh, that's hard. It's, it's like exercise at the it's gym. It's so hard. 
like exercise at the gym. Yeah. But the more you do it, the more effortless it becomes, Mm. the less you think about it and you just do it. Yeah. And so now it's it's like my second nature to just whatever it is. Oh, I got to pray about it and give it to God. Like, oh, I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting mad. I'm getting to that space where I know I don't need to be in God. You take it because I am at my limit. And that is our relationship. I can be at the grocery store. I can be on my menstrual cycle. (laughs) I can be, (laughs) you know, being lazy. I can be at a very high. And even still, you can have moments where you're overwhelmed. And it's to just say, God, you've given me this time and this space. You've given me to be here. I know you are with me. I'm giving it back to you because Mm -hmm. I'm at a place where I feel like I can't handle it or it's too much or I don't understand it. I don't even want to understand it. I just want you to be God at this moment. And for me to just be at peace, I have to protect the peace and the joy that you've given to me. And in order to do that, I got to give you all of this. Yes. <laughs> I got to scoot it all up to the, to the feet here. Like, Push it all in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a discipline and it, and it can be done. Mm-hmm. And it never not, you know, the opportunities to continue to bring God things never go away. Yeah. But it's just the discipline to continue to do that. Mm. And that's the lifestyle. That's a part of the walk. Yeah. <laughs> Being yeah. always able to be humble and surrender and give things to God. Even the things that he's giving you, even the things you want to keep. It's like, okay, God, take this too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that is powerful. And it's easier said than done, like you're it saying, is. but so worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, we're almost out of time. This went so okay. fast. <laughs> so to wrap us up, our my final question Always ask the same final question of what did I miss? What's a final thought or word or encouragement that you have for our listeners? Um, I'm just going to be uh, present in like the season that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about, you know, knowing what faith is and where, where your faith is at. Mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of hope for things. Um, that's not faith. We have, we believe a lot of things. Um that's not faith. Faith is, is twofold. You know, they're like, again, like I mentioned earlier, they're kind of these um, opposite ends and the enemy is pulling, can pull you from either one, but you can be at either one. You can always be hopeful, um, but never really expect to see the, the evidence ever pass for things not seen. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could always be looking for something, you know, and, and then never depend on the, the fact that you have to hope for it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just say, um, you know, ask God to to give you faith and to show you what faith is and in a very real way, in a very personal way, God, you know, show me my heart for you and, you know, help me to be obedient. I always pray for things and then I always pray for me to be obedient because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll say, oh God, you know, I don't know, make me a famous actress in Hollywood, <laughs> you know, but then I will lose him, you know, and so Nothing is worth me losing him. So I always want his will above my own um, to be obedient to his word and to to help me with my faith. You know, I feel like that's the one thing the enemy can really easily rob us of if we're not protecting it. And we can protect the word that we've read and reread things and we can practice and pray and meditate and do all these disciplines on our own. But our faith can be challenged again at both ends. And so we really have to guard it. And so right now, this season that I'm in is God is really showing me my faith. 
you know, some things I thought was faith is absolutely not faith because oh, wow. I, I was only okay with it once I saw things come to pass. Then it was like I was hoping. Yeah. Or I was on board with it. Mm-hmm. But what did I hope for that I didn't see yet come to pass? And I still remained hopeful and I didn't let it go. And I, and I, I kept it close to me and his word was consistent with it. What were those things? And I'm like, I don't have that many because I was, sometimes I was always waiting for him to okay it and then move forward. Mm-hmm. And I needed to just move forward, know the character of God, know myself, know the enemy's tactics and still keep pushing forward and let it come to pass in God's will. So oh. um, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to your podcast are, you know, maybe already believers. So, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, I am too, I've been for a long time. Um, but, you know, just, just do that faith check and ask God to really, you know, reveal to you where your faith is really at. And, um, you know, if you really have faith, that was my base. I really didn't have faith in some instances, if I'm very mm-hmm. honest. Um, it was always co-signing what God said once I started to see things come to pass. Mm. That's not faith. <laughs> it's the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to see it first and then be like, okay, oh, this God is doing this, you know. <laughs> so this, you know, now I'm ready to jump. Um, and, and moving to LA was definitely a, a shift in my faith because I, I had I didn't see a lot of stuff yet about me coming here, but I still kept the word that God had given to me in my heart. And I just kept moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Keep the faith. Yes. Danny, thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. This was fun. I'm so glad. Like I told you, anytime I can sit and talk about God, like it's like, you know, having wine and sipping tea to me. So this is very refreshing. I'll be on a high for the rest of the day. And thank you for what you're doing. And I pray that everyone... um, who listens to this will just be blessed. Mm, um, me too. Yeah. So are we closing out in prayer? Oh, yes. Would you like to close us in prayer? <laughs> sure. I haven't stopped recording yet. So we're okay, going to, you can wrap us out in prayer. I love this. This will be our outro this week. <laughs> God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to just talk about you. Um, to be reminded of your goodness, to be encouraged about your goodness. God, I thank you for every story and testimony you have given me to share with your people, to encourage them, God. I thank you for giving uh, Jess a heart to ask for me to come again and for giving me a heart of courage to just share your goodness. Um, And I'm very serious about our relationship and who you are. And I was afraid, you know, I'll admit that I was afraid to just talk about you and I do it all the time. (laughs) But I thank you so much for giving me a heart of obedience and for using this platform to just bless so many people, God, um, to encourage so many people, God. And I pray that anyone who is dealing with shame or um, self-doubt, or even, you know, doubting you, God, that right now that their faith would be made whole Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for your son. Thank you for being God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. And we just thank you for this opportunity. And may there be many more where we can share your word and share the testament of you and your love in our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Jess. I didn't cry. Thank I got a little teary-eyed praying, but I did good. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. You can also find Jess at Jess Biondo. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.